Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Thursday, and uh, we want to talk tax. That's always fun, isn't it? Talking tax. Uh, we also uh, want to talk about uh, Auckland. I don't think Kate does actually want to talk about Auckland. I think she just wants to leave it. Um, we've got a, a, a chocolate hack for you, courtesy of Cyan uh, James. And Marcus despairs over misinformation at the end of the podcast. Beginning of the podcast, though, before we get into tax, we're going to talk banks. What an exciting podcast today. In the end, a probe ends up serving the politicians better than it serves you or I. So don't get your hopes up if we get one like we're probably going to get. If you're grumpy at the banks, if you think the banks are ripping you off, do not expect much to change because it probably won't. Because to change anything, the minister in charge would need the courage to order a huge market intervention, right? Something really, really radical to really shake things up. Like, I don't know, break up some of the banks or slap on a massive windfall tax like the Greens want or put huge amounts of money into Kiwi banks so we can really compete against the big four properly. Do you think that's going to happen? No, of course not. Because breaking up the banks would freak out investors. A windfall tax would just end up being passed on to you, the consumer, and turning Kiwi Bank into a real competitor would cost billions of dollars that a lot of us would argue the country doesn't have and therefore we wouldn't want to spend it. The politicians did not have the courage with the, with the supermarkets, they did not have the courage with the petrol retailers, and they did not have the courage with the big construction supply guys. So why would they suddenly develop the courage with banks who are much, much bigger than everybody else? And just remember, <clears throat> excuse me, as you watch this play out, it is a performance for the cameras. Unless in the end these guys are prepared to really go hard on the banks and put their money where their mouths are, unless that's, that's going to happen, which it probably isn't, then politicians are going to get more out of this probe than you are. I think most of us are into probing banks, aren't we? Probe, probe, that's a funny word, probing. Uh, um, grow up, BZB. Are you 12 years old? I mean, basically, I've stayed 12 years old for about the last 40 years. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, so now you've, uh, you're beside yourself with excitement over uh, bank talk. Let's, let's really take it up a notch and, and get into tax as well. Is there a fair way we could be taxing people? What works? And, and what works for everybody? Not just for me, not just for you. But what works for everybody? I have to say, over the recent year, uh, recent yeah years, I've I've started to resent paying as much tax as I do. Before, I didn't mind it at all. Having been someone who was on a low wage, I was never on a benefit, but I had been on a low wage. I'd been a single mum. The fact that I could pay more in tax meant that I was doing better and I didn't mind redistributing at all because I could see where it was going now not so much when you see the waste of money that really rips my nighty. and that makes me resentful and I don't like feeling like that I'm proud of earning my keep in society I'm proud of working extra jobs earning extra money paying extra taxes, or at least I used to be. So what's fair and what ensures we all have the best chance of success 
and the best chance of thriving in what really is a beautiful country. Do you know what it matters to me the most when it comes to tax? Is that I don't know anything about it. I, I mean, that's a good thing. Like That's what I want to happen. I want to not know anything about it. Uh, so, yeah, I just it just needs to happen invisibly. Uh, so, you know, things like GST and, um, you know, the tax off my income, that all just happens automatically. I don't have to fill out a form. I don't know how much I'm paying. I don't care. Do it that As long as you keep doing it that way, that's fine by me. I hate thinking about things. I think Kate spent too much time thinking about where she lives and it's getting her down. It's the surge in crime. The gangs, the reprobates, the grifters, the bored and unemployed looking for trouble. The pepper-potting of emergency housing that's infiltrating once family-heavy suburban oases. The graffiti turning up all over the place. The price of housing. The boarded-up shops of business owners who've gone bust. The number of empty shops with four-lease signs. The time lost in gridlock traffic. The lack of functioning public transport. Any Aucklander listening to this will know the drill. A floundering CBD trying to find an identity again. I mean, these are the things that make me sad about the city I've always loved. Maybe it's just part of getting old, but I mean, I look back on my uni days when walking around the city was no big deal. Even at night, when public transport worked, roads functioned, the CBD was thriving, people were lighter of foot. You know, these days people are harried and stressed, probably exhausted from commuting, probably exhausted from trying to find a decent coffee at a cafe that's still open and thriving and actually has a barista, got some staff. I used to get defensive about people taking pot shots at Auckland, but now I get it. They're right. It's the city that's sort of eaten itself, you know, too big for its boots and not enough infrastructure or can-do attitude to cope. And I'm just not sure that it can be fixed or changed. So what to do? Leave the only city you've ever known and start again somewhere else? Or pray for the best that our biggest city can turn itself around and be great again? And if it's the latter, how long do you wait? Yes, I've always felt sorry for people who were born and bred in Auckland. Because, yeah, they've got no one to blame but themselves, really. I mean, most of us have always thought that Auckland was a basket case and that we would never want to live there or even go there unless we absolutely had to. When the only time I really wanted to go to Auckland when when I lived in Hamilton was for things like rugby matches. And I'd come up and Waikato would win, but we beat Auckland's you know, record-breaking run at the top of the NPC table. We took the Ramfurly Shield off them. You know, those sorts of things. That, that's good. That's good times. I might have missed the point there. What are the chances of that ever happening? Maybe we should just be talking about, I don't know, chocolate. So I love favourites chocolates because I like the, all oh, the yeah. assorted ones right Yep. and yep. and what I would do is buy the big box when I do the groceries every Friday night I'd buy the big box 14 bucks but I hate cherry ripes oh I'll have and, them oh do you like cherry ripes yeah man yeah but and carry the, on uh, I hate cherry ripes and also I think it's called Old Coach Road or Old Dark Road or something there's a, some boggy blimmin chocolate <laughs> they put in there as well and they filled the box up so we literally would have a pile of cherry ripes and these Old Coach Road yucky things yeah 
always at the bottom of the freezer. There'd be like 50 of them. Nightmare. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, what do I do about this? Because I love favourites. So then just by chance, the big box of favourites was sold out and they only had the $7 small box left. I buy the small box. Guess what? What? No old coach road. No cherry ripes in the whole box. There's none. Now, I've been doing this for three months. The small box doesn't have those crap flavours. Okay, so what about, do they have Turkish delights, though? And they do, and I love Turkish delights. Same. Same. So the, the small box has Turkish delights. Does it have a double up on the delights? No. Wow. Um, I mean, so there's a lot to unpack there, and I don't just mean the chocolates. Um... For starters, imagine buying a massive box of favourites every every shopping. It's pretty fancy, isn't it? Uh, secondly, that's not a hack. Buying two different types of a thing, or choosing to buy one of two different types because it doesn't have the things that you don't like in it, I don't think that's a hack. I thought he was going to say, you know, you cook them in a something or other bake, bake them into something else the, you know the chocolates that you don't like and then they taste nice or something like but no no he's just opted to not buy those chocolates that he doesn't like I don't that does not constitute a hack Simon but I am with him that cherry ripes are disgusting it, I like the flavour of coconut I just don't like the texture of them and things it just I don't want I don't want a, a chocolate that just stays in your mouth for the rest of the night that's what happens with coconut, isn't it? Like half an hour later, you're going... Mah, mah, mah. Hey, uh, let's finish up here. I don't think that's misinformation, is it? I think Marcus must have got a bit um, exasperated with some of his calls last night by the sound of this. What a load of... What a load of... Uh, what a load of... Uh, what, how can I be cut? Anyway, each to their own, but cheapest creepers. We live in a time we can see more facts than we've ever seen before. We are at the time... Ever, all the information of the world is at our fingertips. But people are still seduced and obsessed by misinformation. What is that about? I mean, how frustrating is that? Particularly if you're a person of science. It's, um, it is weird, isn't it, how people have become so determined that they're being lied to. They just want to know and to be told that everything that they've been told isn't true and that they found the real truth it's a funny thing that's happened isn't it in the last decade or so but it's not funny it's kind of depressing this is why I never try and give anybody any facts about anything because you can't then disbelieve me because uh, I'm usually wrong about most things I am Glenn ZB. I will be back here with more great misinformation on Monday with a weekend edition of News Talks at Bean Seeding. This week on The Parenting Hangover, we have a very special guest, Hamish Blake of Hamish and Andy fame of the podcast, How Other Dads Dad is our guest on the podcast. He's like a dad that I definitely idolise. I'm really excited for this. Here I am freaking out about what we're going to talk about, and then we both just agreed like a minute before it started, just banter to him like he's a regular dad, and that's what we did, and he's just a legendary dad, so I'm, I'm stoked for you guys to hear this one. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.